Give a little time for the child within you. Don't be afraid to be young and free. Undo the locks and throw away the keys and take off your shoes and socks and run you. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Beautiful day here in Los Angeles, California, mm-hmm. as it usually is. The weather in Los Angeles is beautiful. It's mild. Welcome to Jordan, Jesse Go, show about not much particularly. Um, I mean... If we're in need of a topic, if we're spinning our wheels, can I run some cat songs by you? Well, yeah. some cat dinner songs specifically. Do you mind if I bring our guest into the mix and yeah. just so just in case she has any feelings about that? Sure. Yeah, I have a lot of feelings I want to share about cat dinner songs, uh, whatever they are. Our guest, Helen Zaltzman, the co-host of one of my favorite comedy podcasts, Answer Me This. Thank you, Jesse. Visiting from some 6,000 <laughs> miles away. I came just for the day. Yeah, and it's it was very kind of you. We of course bought you a plane ticket on the Concorde. Yep, uh, they had to resuscitate the Concorde just for me. They had to take one of the <laughs> ornamental ones that they've still got, put a pilot in it, in it, and check the engine hadn't been taken out because it well, was an ornament. We were going to bring you over here on the space shuttle. We have a space shuttle here in Los Angeles. I'm, I was pretty disappointed, but maybe on my return journey. Yeah, yeah. fair enough. I would appreciate it. Fair enough. We'll do yeah. a quick jump. Sure. You just you were just surprised to bounce learn. out of the atmosphere. Yeah. Bounce back. Well, you were just Jesse. You were surprised to learn that the space shuttle is confined to a hangar in a museum. Yeah, I, th- I, I said, get it out there. Let's transport some podcasters. Sure. Yeah. Which, which one in, in the Kennedy Space Center? Because we were debating whether that's the real one or whether it's a replica. Because we thought the real one would probably be in quite bad shape, having sort of fallen through, through the space. atmosphere. Yeah. Well, I saw the space shuttle a few weeks ago. Ooh. There's a couple of them. Yeah. There, there's like three. I or dropped four. the two dollars to see the spaceship. Wow. Jordan's a rich man. He's got YouTube money. He is right. a pretty big deal. Uh, and it did have some space wear and tear on it. I yeah. mean, I don't know if that was cosmetic, if they're like, oh, people won't buy this if it's, you know, pristine. Yeah. But it did seem to have some space on it. Well, you would want some space on it because you wouldn't want a rocket that was just a show rocket. Right. It, well, maybe it's like in uh, Hollywood now, they seem to be going off uh, employing actresses who've done so much to their faces they no longer move. So they want them to retain some some of the character of life. If they're playing a 50-year-old woman, they want them to look 50. So maybe they thought, we'd better make this rocket look like it's uh, not right. just been... Like someone went around and, and just hit it with a piece of charcoal a few times. Yeah, or... as they do to Nicole Kidman. Right. right. <laughs> sure. Yes, yes this, the space shuttle went through the same process that Charlize Theron went through uh, before her film Monster. Yeah, and then... It got real fat. Yeah, <laughs> and then it had to lose it in order to be aerodynamic. That's a problem. <laughs> right. But if anything, I took a more improbable uh, mode of transport to to get here. Uh, I took Let's a- not get into oh. that. We have to talk about these cat songs. Oh, yeah. so- oh, sorry. Yeah, I took a cat that was singing the whole way. Oh, good. Thank you. <laughs> Thank awful. you for segueing uh, seamlessly into my uh, dumb thing that I wanted to talk I brought about. you in here to talk about cat songs, Helen. I did not bring you in here to talk about modes of transportation. We can talk yeah. about that later. A potentially, what, what, what we, what a potentially bikes, interesting story about traveling across the country. <laughs> Hold Lord, on to that. Lord knows we wouldn't want to hear that. We have bullshit to prattle on about. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I've not prepared properly uh, according to the principles of Jordan Jesse Go. I'm very <laughs> excited to hear about uh, this cat song. I'll, if you tell me about your cat songs, I'll tell you the song that I sing uh, with Simon. Oh, great. Terrific. Um, so uh, I've started giving my cat just a little bit of food uh, at night before bed. Um, Why? Uh, you know, because it, it just helps me sleep a little bit longer. So she doesn't oh, uh, start going nuts at 6 a.m. Right. Um, Could you get the postman to post a little bit of food through you every morning at 6 a.m. so she finds it? <laughs> yeah, that might be nice. Do you think at, at 6 a.m., do you think that's when she starts trying to eat you? 
Like well, that's when she thinks you're dead. Right, exactly. <laughs> he's like, well, he's been he's been uh he's been in repose for yeah. You know, about eight hours now. Yeah. So. No one could survive that amount of repose. Sure. <laughs> but I mean, the cats have cats have a high have a high tolerance for repose. It's like their main yeah. state. <laughs> so they are lazy. Um, so I started giving her a little bit of uh, a little bit of food at night, and uh, for some reason, I think that a song should accompany it. And I have two options, and I want you guys to know which. I want I want to hear your guys' opinion. Which one you think is better? Okay. I like the second one. Okay. I like the so first Helen, one. you were on a trade. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay, here's the first one. <clears throat> I'm pouring out your night food. Meow meow. That's okay. one. That's pretty good. That's not really a song. That's just the beginning of a song. That's, I mean, I, what's I'm the bridge? <laughs> what's the middle eight? I don't know the, the rest chorus? of that song. I don't know the rest of night moves. Okay. I only know the chorus. You need to develop it. Uh, and the second one is. I could make dinner for a fancy kitty cat. That's mm-hmm. the second one. Can I suggest one? Yeah, sure. It goes do 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 do. That's the Poirot theme. Do 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 do. Okay. It's called Night Food. Uh huh. Um, it's an instrumental. Uh huh. Based on the theme from Night Court. Oh, I like it. Did night? Did they? They said nothing. The night court theme is totally wordless, right? Just like night food, the par- my song parody that I wrote of it. Okay, I like it. Could you? Take- what about this? You could make up words yeah, to it. Yeah, exactly. I'm pouring cat food for Into my cat. The bowl. For Into my the cat, bowl. John Larroquette. <laughs> <laughs> Tell you what, though, I like the meow meows from the first one. Yeah. maybe you could incorporate those. I mean, I guess. I mean, I could replace the doos with meows. That's easy. Yeah. That's an easy fix. Meow, 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 meow. Syncopation is important. Meow, 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 meow. John Larroquette. You don't have to put in John Larroquette. Well, no, he'll sue if I don't. What about Harry Anderson? How do you think Harry Anderson feels? He was John Larroquette was a supporting star on Night Court. Harry Anderson was the central figure. Yeah, I think we all knew why we were tuning in, though. Mel Torme. Yeah, right. <laughs> For Mel Torme. Bull. I think I do like the Night Court theme better than the two songs that you sang. Yeah, I love the Night Court. Theme. I don't. I don't have any particular attachment to Night Court. That was one of those songs. That was one of those shows as a kid where when I heard it come on, like from my parents' room, uh, I knew that it was too late for me to be up. Like, and it freaked me out a little. bit. So it bit. makes you feel guilty even now. Yeah, a little bit. Wait, I, it freaked you out. Uh, I, You're I had concerned a, that Night Court might cause mummies. I had a hard time sleeping as a kid, so when uh-huh. I felt like I was up too late, it freaked me out. Oh, I didn't know this about you. Yeah, so there, there's certain themes. So there's the night court theme, the coach theme. Da 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 da. da, da. I associate that with maddening insomnia, even though it was on at like nine thirty. Right. So da 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 da. Like, and indefinitely, like when the mash rerun came on. Mm-hmm. No, well, that's like at eleven. Yeah, totally. That's, that's after the late news. That's when it's like, well, it's I'm gonna die of sleep deprivation. That's when my. Well, you could just watch mash, huh? You could just watch MASH. I could watch MASH. That'd put you right to yeah, sleep. Yeah, be super bored. Helen, I hope you're enjoying this discussion of well, American TV shows that I, you probably didn't get over there. I don't get. I, I don't know what Night Court is, so I've retreated into my rich inner life. <laughs> 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 but I have a little 
little concerned because if, if he adopts the night court theme for the uh, late night cat food song, mm-hmm. it's a trigger for his own fears. Yeah, and right. I think that could be just a really bad idea for you, Jordan. What if I got Bull to live at your house and protect you? Yeah, I'm. I would be. I would be afraid. He seems like a. He seems like a Lenny from a, of Mice and Men. No, he's a no nonsense. He's a no nonsense guy, but he's got a heart of gold. Yeah, I think he'd probably still snap my neck. If what if I just got? Out. What if I got Roz to come and protect you? Instead? Yeah, that would be fun. Yeah, that would be fun. She could. Anyway, what do you bed. think? About <laughs> what? Are you guys still here? <laughs> You guys got Cheers in in England, though, right? Yeah, if so I... you know all about Harry Anderson. Yeah, which one's he? He's the guy who would who would come into the bar and do magic tricks. Sometimes he played a con man. He always wore a fedora. Ah, I don't know whether because I've been watching the reruns. They're rerunning it at the moment in double bills, and because I'm self employed and work at home. The Cheers double bill is the only thing that gives my life any semblance of structure. <laughs> sure. um, so I've I've missed a, a couple of series uh, when I was away, and I'm not sure that I've seen any magicians yet. They've got to the bit where, where Kirstie Alley has just come into the series. Mm-hmm. So does it happen after that? Well, no, it happens periodically throughout the course of the series, I would say. I could be missing it right now. He's probably on here. eight times. He's probably on eight, ten times over the course of the series. Once a, Once a year or so, he would pop into the bar steal something from someone, crack a cockamamie scheme. You crack a scheme, right? Yeah, sure. You crack a scheme. You construct a joke. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Um, So what is the – you said that it – that it's a that it's kind of a marker for you while working at home. What does the Cheers double bill mean to you when it comes on? It means uh, that it's 7 p.m. It's it's time to down tools and do something else for an hour. Okay. You know, when you work at home, you're always at work. Yeah, uh, I'm of course very hard working. No, you strike me as a hard working. Yeah, <laughs> I'm, I'm. You know, with the Cheers double bill, uh, when Veronica Mars and Gilmore Girls were on as well, that gave my day even more televisual structure. <laughs> Sadly, those have been uh, ripped away. And more feelings too. Yeah, a lot of feelings. Uh, a bit more mystery in the case of Veronica Mars. Patter. Too, too much patter. Too, too much talking in the case of the Gilmore Girls. A lot of rapid fire talking. I thought my until you want to pull your freaking hair out. <laughs> <laughs> so many village wackos. I mean, do villages like that really exist in the USA? Gilmore Girls really, considering my fondness for high-minded television programs and Lauren Graham, Gilmore Girls really had to work hard until I just could not watch it at all. (laughs) Like, just makes me completely insane to even hear the sound in the background of their talking. Mm, There's also the, uh, the theme tune. I find pretty unbearable. I have to leave the room when that when that happens. I could just mute it, but I have to take it one step further. I think it's the same thing for me as uh, all Aaron Sorkin shows that aren't Sports Night. <laughs> There's just a certain point where I where I just want them to either actually be clever and funny, or just talk like human beings, not be in this weird netherworld where they're seventy percent of the way to being clever and funny because. Everyone, because television shows are written in 48 hours <laughs> by one mad genius in the case of the right. Sorkin shows and the, that Gilmore Girls woman. Uh, is, she a, is she a Sorkin-esque Coke, Coke hotel room writer? I think so. Yeah, yeah. She writes every – I don't know. If, I don't know. I don't know. I don't think she's been associated with the drug use part. But sure. I think she is a person well, who Well, I just... mean if you watch one episode of Bunheads, <laughs> you know that yeah. there is a lot of blow involved in the construction well, of one of those. What are they hiding in the buns? Coke. Oh, yeah. Coke. Yeah. yeah. I mean, sure. You probably get your, rocks. Your little party favor up there in your bud. Yep. You're saying they have crack rocks up there. Yeah. Oh. You think they're you think they're they're puffing puffing on crack pipes? The only explanation, Jesse. Yeah. That's why? Why would? They, that's the only explanation why they would make a show about 
<laughs> childhood dancing. Well, there's a natural Smash audience for that, which is, I suppose, 10-year-old girls. Yeah. But is that enough I've, to keep no. a show on American television? <sighs> Especially if it doesn't have Lauren Graham. I mean, if they cancelled Arrested Development after two and a half series, then uh, I don't think the ballet show is really going to work. That's a good point. Yeah. What, what is Lauren Graham from other than that? Parenthood. Mm, she oh. had a she had an arc where she was the efficiency expert on news radio. That's when I first came to know her. Oh, okay. She's the woman who goes fuck me Santa in Bad Santa. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, she sure does you know. say that. She's a delight. She sure does say that, and she's, she's on Christmas Parenthood. Yes. Parenthood. Parenthood is another show where I, 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 my wife has been watching it lately. I think I'm just not very good at enjoying certain types of B-plus, A-minus television program. Yeah, you either want it to be a lot better or a lot worse. Yeah, and I don't, I don't really <laughs> care about ones that are a lot worse. I want it yeah. maybe you want to, it for to be, its... You want everything to be amazing, Jesse, and that's your problem because not everything can be amazing, and if it was, you would not appreciate it being amazing anymore. Well, I mean, I think maybe that I would like it to moderate its ambitions if it's not going to be that mm-hmm. great. Okay. So, like, uh, f- for example, I think Cheers is a show with very, very, very narrow goals. That it, that it fucking destroys. It just kills it every time. Like, they, their goal is, let's have a, a stupid sketch at the beginning of the thing mm-hmm. where at the end Carla says something mean to someone. They fucking get it. 10 out of 10 every time. I'm like, yes, they fucking nailed that. Whereas these other shows, I, I feel like maybe are, um, are just a little bit stupider than I would like them to be. Weeds is another good example of this. Weeds is also a little racist. <laughs> or at least season one was, which is the only one that I saw. Which wasn't even the high concept of Weeds, was it? I mean, the the, the racism? No. No, no there was a whole other... That's just the sideline of Weeds. Uh, one time I heard the Weeds lady on uh, with our buddy Elvis Mitchell on uh, The Treatment. And uh, she was talking about why it's okay for her to write characters that I would describe as broad ethnic stereotypes, it was because uh, for a while she used to play park uh, uh, chess in the park with a lot of black guys. <laughs> so oh, she's she pretty knows, much black herself. She knows a lot about yep. She knows a lot about what blacks are really like when their defenses are down. <laughs> you know, not when they're on parade for us whites. <laughs> Gave me the heebie-jeebies. Anyway, this is a tour of critically acclaimed television shows. Jesse doesn't like that much. Any, any more while you're at it? Yeah, well, we've already talked about Modern Family enough on this show. <laughs> oh man, I sure don't enjoy that. <laughs> as a um, as a as someone who's trying to get work uh, writing for television, you love all the shows. I, I love all the shows, yes. and I think I will officially eject from any conversation uh, from any conversation uh, crapping on a television show you know what, and though? its creators. I'll tell you this. Yeah, Archer's great. Hey, yeah, sure. I Fucking love Archer every time. Yeah, I'm I'm never not happy that I watched Archer. This is great. This is another one we don't have in Britain. Oh, you're missing out on Archer. Obviously, I am. <sighs> Get no, yourself you some DVDs it. and a region-free DVD player. Let's no. make this happen for you. Okay. I feel I feel glad that I can uh, make my life um, better. Well, let's talk so about the train good. when we come back yeah. Yeah. in just a second <laughs> on Jordan Jesse Go. Hi, this is Biz. And I'm Teresa. And we host a new show about being a mom. 
After you have the baby, how long does it take before you feel like your old self? Will you ever get to be sick again and lose yourself overnight in a NyQuil fog? Will you ever again sit on a toilet alone? Join us every week to find out. And remember, you don't have to leave your baby on a checkout conveyor belt to be one bad mother. Subscribe for free on iTunes or go to MaximumFun.org. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Helen Zaltzman, visiting professor. Emeritus or I wouldn't say that. Okay. There's everything to play for by the end of the show, obviously. Sure. You got a good fellowship though. You're yeah. here because you got a really solid fellowship. I'm really locked in. Helen, yeah. I just want to emphasize this. Publish or perish. <laughs> 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 so, Helen, we were just together at South by Southwest yes, in Austin. We were. Yeah. And you got here by uh, ground transportation means. That's right. I took a train. You and don't know how to drive. I don't know how to drive, Jesse. You're a grown-up. I know. Well, I started to learn when I was a teenager. I didn't really take to it, so I thought, I'll put this off till after I've been to university. <laughs> but then after I went to university, I moved to London, where you're absolutely stupid if you go around by car. Did you have the expectation that after you got that college degree, everything would fall into, into place in yeah. terms of learning to drive? I thought, once I'm fluent in Anglo-Saxon, the driving is just going to be a piece <laughs> the, of pie. You figured it was your, your lack of mastery of semiotics. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, the relationship between sign and sig- signifier and signified. Yeah. I, I thought, I need to know what uh, influence the uh, ancient Norwegians had on modern British pronouns. Mm-hmm. And then I figure I'll learn three-point turns. <laughs> sure. so, um, so, so I guess why not plain then? Well... I thought it would be an interesting novelty. I also sure. really hate airports and I find them quite boring. Yeah. And I thought, I've already taken a couple of flights to get to Austin. I feel a bit bad about the carbon emissions. Let's train it. And You take a lot of, you go on a lot of road trips. I yeah. was shocked to learn that you don't know how to drive, <laughs> mostly because you've described to me these like two week long road trips that y- you and your husband have gone on. Yeah, I'm powering the car just with my mind. <laughs> uh, luckily, he did learn to drive. I mean, we don't have a car at home, so this is the only driving he does, but uh, we do love a road trip. And I thought, because he's not here and I can't do the road trip from Austin to LA, which we'd have really liked to have done. Although now that I've seen the the route out the train window, I'm kind of glad we didn't because it's a bit flat. Um, I thought... There's well, a the train. big oh, stretches of Texas with nothing going Texas. on. Texas? I mean, I was on the train for 12 hours and we were still in Texas. It's just dust and, if you're lucky, oil derricks. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> hey, maybe the train hits a cow. That's fun. <laughs> yeah. Saw, cow wanders onto the track. Yeah. Saw, saw some uh, some of the border fence. Didn't see anyone trying to scramble over it, disappointingly. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, saw that Prada Marfa sculpture thingy by the tracks. Sure. Sure. Um, you know, a couple of uh, dead animals, bit of dust. What, what kind of what what what's what were the characters like on the train? What kind of person rides a train from uh, Texas to California? Well, renegades. Yeah, <laughs> sure. In fact, I had uh, I had dinner yesterday with a couple who'd been on that train since um, Michigan. They had spent three days on the train, and they were wow. crazy for it. Uh, so no, oh, but do you think these are just train sex enthusiasts? <laughs> sleeper car fetishists. I really they hope call, they're in the sleeper car they and call not that, in coach. Yeah, they call that the, the six-foot-high club. Right, <laughs> sure. Um, 
And they find it aids the natural rhythms of their marital lovemaking. Oh, yeah. I think I know what you're talking about. We didn't get into that. She asked me a lot of questions about the British climate. And she did not mention at all her sexual preferences. But, I mean, did you go through any tunnels? <laughs> her husband did. Hello. <laughs> hey, hey, hey. Welcome to America. Hey. Uh, so, at breakfast, I met this guy who was, uh, coming, he was coming, going from Houston to Los Angeles to start his life over. He hadn't told anyone who was leaving Houston, including his three kids. Wow. Uh, what? Yeah. He left his kids? Well, because he and his wife had just had a messy breakup. Okay. She'd, she'd come home with hickeys so this, on her neck. So this wasn't a daddy's going out for cigarettes and he just gets <laughs> on a trade situation. They had at no. least gotten divorced. Well, she's she's got full custody and a restraining order against him. And he's like, I just hit her once. She, oh. she came home one night with hickeys on her neck. Anyone would have done it. And we're like, okay. There's no point really uh, going through this. <laughs> oh, right. One time, Jordan, you remember that time I hit you because you had those hickeys on your neck? Yeah. It you seemed, came in to record. It seemed out of line. Yeah. Have no, some standards. I only did it the once, though. Yeah. That's true. It was only the once. Yeah. It was only an open palm uh, to the eyes. <laughs> <laughs> it was one of those claws. T- it was a tiger claw. I, I went shins, scrot, and then yeah. pounded on your head. Just, like, I learned that in once. my women's defense class. Just the once. Women's self-defense yeah. and class. And you've worn a cravat to the studio ever since. Okay, so, you are, uh, so you're on the train with yep. a spousal abuser. Yep. Um, <laughs> fleeing was, justice, fleeing presumably. Ju- yeah, yeah, right? Uh, he's come here to be uh, a parking valet, so he could be parking your Lamborghini. Wow. Jordan. He's not parking my Lamborghini. No. No, he, no, one, touches, no one touches Jesse's Lambo. <laughs> no. <laughs> No, uh, no punk, no well, punk teen or or spousal abusers gonna. I thought, oh. I thought you were gonna teach me how to drive on it later. Yeah, all right, I'll teach you how to drive with a Lambo. I yeah. once ran my mother's car over a bollard. You need. <laughs> <laughs> That's why I stopped learning to drive. <laughs> so okay, so you met the you, you met the spousal abuser. Yep, the train sex enthusiast, mm-hmm. a guy that, that he's from um, uh, just south of Oakland, and he seemed to be fermenting a socialist revolution. He seemed to be very anti-plutocracy and capitalism and... Uh, pro-train. Very much pro-train. He was getting more train from LA up to up to the Bay Area. And uh, he was saying, you know, it's terrible. They're taking away people's benefits and welfare. And, uh, you know, that university education used to be free, blah, blah, blah. I don't know what can be done. And then he looked like he was thinking... What can be done is I'm going to go full Mao Zedong on uh, America. <laughs> yeah. He was probably imagining one of those bowling ball-shaped bombs with the wick coming out of the top of it. <laughs> You're right. <laughs> I'm guessing this guy, I mean, just this is just shot in the dark. Did this guy have a jar of something with him? <laughs> yeah. Did he have his own jar of liquid? Uh, what, are you talking urine? I don't know. I mean, urine, just, kombucha, whatever. Yeah, kombucha. <laughs> he has the mother uh, He has the mother mushroom uh, growing at home. Yeah, well, maybe he thought, I don't want to travel anywhere without something that can start off some sourdough bread. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. right. Just had a jar of Bay Area air. Did you, did you try and secure your place, you know, once the revolution comes? Yeah. Or did you try and, like, secure yourself a good place in his new society? Yeah, uh, I am going to be the chief, even though it goes against all of them. Mm. But you talked him into it. Yeah, and I think because uh, I'm British and a lot of Americans are just blinded by the accent, sure. he was willing to do anything. Even though what I was saying was uh, extremely anti the principles, because, you know, you shouldn't elect a chief, it should be a collective. Right, right, right. Collective no, sure. Of, what, 250 million people? Yeah, I think, but I mean, you make you make the decisions by unanimous consent. Yeah, and uh, I don't see why anyone wouldn't go along with uh, my my 
far-fetched ideas, right? Well, give me an society. I, I'm interested to learn about some of your ideas for running the society. I mean, yeah. obviously, you're. I, I presume you're going to install uh, death panels for our health care. Sure. Yeah. I mean, why Just not? Make sure who di- who who lives and who dies. Yeah. I thought uh, you'd have to sit an exam. And mm-hmm. including a personal statement, and if your character was seen to be a bit amiss, mm-hmm. off you go. <laughs> to the gulag, right yeah. to the gulag. Otherwise, I'm just running this whole place uh, in the same manner as uh, Return to Oz. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to get some wheelers. Now, you talked about, you said that maybe you, you, you felt like you were in line for this because of the British accent. Yeah. Are you worried about being usurped by character actor Jared Harris? Well, what can I bring that he hasn't already brought? Yeah. And uh, I don't know what he's up to since uh, Mad Men, because he's obviously not going back. Mm-hmm. I don't think that's a spoiler. I mean, that happened a year ago. Yeah. there's like, a. I think there should be a statue of limitation to when you can complain about a spoiler. Yeah, what do you think that is, though? Because uh, on our podcast, we've had complaints about spoiling the Shawshank Redemption. And when did that come out? Early oh, my in the 90s? God. I actually, our, our buddy Kumail Nanjiani, I saw him get in a Twitter fight with a guy the other day who complained that he had spoiled Twin Peaks. <laughs> <laughs> but that, I mean, that is such a mystery that you, you do sort of want it to be suspended away from you. But then, the other day, I had to write a book review of The House of Mirth by Edith Wharton. And I was thinking, can I insinuate what the end of this is? It only came out in 1906. What is it? <laughs> Yeah, I don't know. I don't, yeah. Uh, I think 20 years is fair game. Yeah. I feel like if anything is on Netflix Instant, it's mm-hmm. fair game. Why? Because you, could... you could just skip to uh, the episode midway through Series 2 of Twin Peaks to find out who Bob is, right? Right, exactly. It's, it's one of the best episodes. By the way, don't spoil Twin Peaks for me, you guys. I haven't seen it. <laughs> oh. I wonder how he's going to take to it, Jordan. Because oh. uh, he doesn't like shows that are uh, B+, plus, oh, with, uh, A-, minus, well, I think, and I it think, has uh, its moments of badness. I think what will what would really piss you off about Twin Peaks is its grand ambition, mm. which is perhaps the Jesse hates high flyers. Yeah, and uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, no, clip those wings. That's yeah. my motto. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> hey, hey, Icarus. Guess guess what's gonna happen, asshole? Yeah, you deserve uh, that. Yeah, I mean, it, it, yeah, I don't think you would like it. It's it's just weird for the sake of weird a lot too. I, I think um, you have to love David Lynch. I think. I think the two. I think the two projects where I would say slow your roll, David Lynch. Mm-hmm. Uh, number one. Uh, would be probably Twin Peaks. Yeah. So over over ambitious. I hear the movie was terrible. The movie is terrible. Never watch that. Even if you love the series of Twin Peaks, please never watch Fire Walk With Me. N- number two, I would say his plan to make everyone on the planet levitate through transcendental meditation. Hey, look, <laughs> also a little ambitious. You will feel like a fool when he succeeds. <laughs> and we're going everywhere by hovering. I will feel like a fucking Superman. <laughs> I will feel tremendous if he succeeds. If he gives me the ability to fly through meditation... Fucking, I'm ready to make him the president. Sorry, he's the new sure. chief. He's already got his own coffee line, hasn't he? I oh, he does. He definitely yeah. has coffee. And uh, I assume that if that's uh, the second of your two main problems with David Lynch, you have not seen the film Inland Empire. No, I have not seen it. I've literally never interacted with any David Lynch media outside of him appearing on Louis. <laughs> I feel bad about it. I so Once in a while, it'll come up like, should we try and get David Lynch on Bullseye? And you will not like, get a word in. We'll be like, sure, we'll get David Lynch on Bullseye. One time it was to promote his Transcendental Meditation record label. And I was like, <laughs> ah, we don't want to do that. Yeah. But generally, I'll, I'm open to it. But I know that as soon as we book him, I'm going to have to go through his entire f- film and televisionographies. Mm. 
hey, David Lynch, what's the big deal about the 50s as seen through the prism of the 80s? That could be your opener. That is, that's a good one. Yeah. Do you think that uh, that, that, that uh, the whitewashed suburban facade hides a dark side? <laughs> that's a nice uh, nice opener for, for How do you Lynch. feel about Sha Na Na? <laughs> um, I think the coolest thing that David Lynch ever did was there was a radio station out here for a while where he would call into the morning show and give a weather report. And it was sometimes oh. just two or three, like it was maybe maybe five seconds long. Mm-hmm. It would be like David Lynch here with the weather, misty, a chance of optimism, and then he would just hang up. It was so weird, but he did it every single weekday. That's great. Yeah, good for David Lynch. You should mm-hmm. get him to do the weather on one of uh, the Maximum Fun shows. I like his haircut. He's got lovely hair. He's got a gorgeous head of hair, and he seems so happy all the time. He does because of all that transcendental meditation. Mm-hmm. Exactly. All maybe, that TM. Maybe we shouldn't sniff at it. Yeah, you get all you need is a. A nice TM and a nice BM to be happy, right? <laughs> I mean, I mean, I think that the levitation would be good for the train sex enthusiasts because then they could join yeah. the six foot high club and not have to buy that expensive train ticket. Yeah, well, and also I think that it would become a lot less expensive to ride on a high speed monorail because of the levitation issues. Oh, that's sure, that's true. Once that's been handled, once you'd have to power the current to go through the maglev. Well, I mean, then it would be just a not a rail situation. Just the power yeah. of the passengers' minds would levitate that's how the train. A maglev, that's how a maglev works, Jordan. Don't oh. you know anything about high-speed trains? No. Well, that's embarrassing. <laughs> oh, sorry, guy. Get your head on straight, Jordan. Sorry, guy. It's like you missed the whole transportation obsession period of your childhood. I absolutely, yeah, Oh, yeah, I absolutely did. I definitely was not a truck or train uh, kid. Oh, Whoa. speaking Whoa. of tr- speaking of truck kids, mm-hmm. this is the song I sing with Simon. Okay, Simon and Daddy are buddies, mm-hmm. as close as two buddies can be. One and two and three. Is that a is that a parody of something? No. Okay, it's good. It's an original, it's an original. composition. My dad wrote it. Oh wow, that's yeah. nice. So it's been handed down. Yeah. So if you were Weird Al, that's your dare to be stupid. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. Great. Yeah, no, it's it's a. Uh, I think it's a magnum opus, and it has a great costume that goes along with it. <laughs> right, um, you could develop really... that maybe into a movie. Yeah, that's a really good idea. Think about it. That is really fun. I don't think my dad ever sang a song except to the dog. He would uh, he would release emotions towards the dog that he would never <laughs> to his children or wife. Yeah, I guess. Yeah, it would be funny if he was like talking to the dog, but it was like clearly aimed at you. Like, right? So hey, you should the... be more ambitious. <laughs> hey. Get it together. Uh, I'm sorry I go on such long business trips. My dad's right. a sculptor. I still so love your mother. Yeah. <laughs> he would never say anything that open, even through the medium of dog. <laughs> he would never use the L words. He would just he would just portray his feelings in clay. My yeah. Uh he was also very fond of chainsaws. Oh. And other giant tools. He's a man with Parkinson's disease. And he has a chainsaw. <laughs> he has three sledgehammers and a five-foot blowtorch. So if he goes, it's going to be spectacular. <laughs> the, the blowtorch particularly yeah. seems like a bad idea. I mean, I mean that really seems feet. like trouble. <laughs> what's he What's he doing with these uh, death implements? Uh, well, there are a lot of unexplained uh, people missing in the area of England. Where right, he is. sure. Uh, he is a sculptor. Oh, but okay. the chainsaw is for fun. The chainsaw is for dealing with uh, problem trees. Yeah. And uh, he loves it. Oh, uh, it, on the topic of dads with chainsaws. Or uh, killer dads. Killer dads. Does does uh, does England have that phenomenon of the dad that goes crazy for Halloween? No. Halloween is relatively recent uh, in Britain. Obviously, we had it, but no one really did costumes or trick-or-treating right. until about five years ago. And now it's mainly 
drunks in their early 20s getting dressed up. It was mostly, previously it was mostly focused on actual witchcraft. Yeah, well, like a lot of our public holidays are in Britain. Sure. I mean, some some of the things we do at Christmas uh, would blow your mind. <laughs> but you don't have, you guys don't have, the, this, is, this is a big American thing, is the suburban dad that, you know, makes the house into a, you know, a horrible nightmare every Halloween. Yeah, my dad would not have done that, but uh, he's quite self-involved, so he probably wouldn't have noticed that it was Halloween. Either. Sure. Yeah. Um, I don't, I can't speak for all British dads. We do, we do already have the kind of people who do the Clark Griswold thing to their house with the Christmas lights. Oh, okay. So I wonder whether those same people go crazy for Halloween. You but guys like, have Santa Claus? Santa Claus. He, he makes it over. He levitates over to Britain to <laughs> drop off the presents. Um, but... Figgy puddings? You guys got figgy puddings? Oh, that stuff's awful. What is it? Yeah, what is figgy pudding? It's I only know it, know it as a song lyric. Yeah, well, it's, it's Christmas pudding. So it's like a, a, a bomb of extremely <laughs> densely packed fruitcake. This is the weird thing about Christmas sweet treats. They're all terrible. <laughs> They're all made of the same stub- substance, but in different shapes. It's all dried fruit packed into an extremely <laughs> dense compound. I guess just at some point in England... That was just all that was available, right? Yeah. Just just dried fruit and so you, and rum. Well, it used to have meat in it as well. So the mince pies no, used good. to have actual beef in. So it was dried fruit and beef. Yeah, it was quite oh. sweet. Oh. And everything was preserved. Also, it seems like the British definition of pudding is very loose. Like it's a <laughs> the what is pudding is a big tent. It is a really big subject. Yeah, uh, you could write a thesis on it, Jordan, if you were so inclined. <laughs> I, yeah, I mean, I think so. I mean, I think it's time that maybe I kind of leave the showbiz thing and get back into academia. Yeah, like food based academia. I like the idea. Pudding. I like the idea of this being a big tent issue. I like the idea mm-hmm. of there being an election. For king of the dessert foods. <laughs> yeah, someone, someone running on uh, the definition of pudding yeah. and it being expanded. I mean, I guess like the definition of marriage. Well, like it could just be think. pudding is running against custard. Oh, okay. They're right? not equal opponents. Custard is one thing. Pudding is many. That's the thing. That's what pudding figured yeah. out. Because here in the United States, it is not, pudding is only one thing. Pudding is only pudding. It what, is only, what is pudding? It's whatever Bill Cosby says it is. Okay. Yeah, pudding is, I think the difference is custard has, custard is made with eggs. That's right. And pudding is not. Huh? So pudding so is a custard-like substance. Pudding, both pudding and custard are sweet, dairy, thick desserts. Okay. So they could, because in, in Britain, if pudding was versus custard, I mean, the custard would complement many of the types of pudding, but the custard in Britain is kind of runny. No, and a custard here, you're looking, it's, it's so got to have some firmness to it. That's the whole point of putting the eggs in there. Right. But I think the the firmness in pudding comes from gelatin. Yeah. Gosh, you got so narrow minded when it comes to what pudding, we over guys. here call a pizza. You guys call an Italian pudding. <laughs> <laughs> a flat pudding, we call right. That. A flat cheese pudding. Yeah, and what you call uh, spaghetti, we call string pudding. <laughs> <laughs> right. <laughs> we'll yeah. be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Helen Zaltzman, uh, foreign exchange student. 
It's great to have you here, Helen. It's very fun. How, what did you think? We sent you... uh, Chris Fairbanks over to England. <laughs> <laughs> and he's over there on some other podcast. Yeah, he, if he's doing my podcast, then he's in my house right now. <laughs> uh. Hey, Jordan. Yes. How about this for a quick announcement for our audience? I'd love a quick, quick announcement. Guess what's coming up in April? It's probably the pledge drive. Yeah, Max Fun Drive, my friends. Mm-hmm. You've been you've been freeloading for too long, yeah. assholes. <laughs> We're gonna stick it to you. I don't know. Maybe that's not the right tone to take. You're going to stick it to us, meaning your support. Yes. We're going to to open up our anuses to receive your support. You played this very romantic. We're going to allow your $5 a month to stimulate our prostates. Mm -hmm. (laughs) We do have have something this year. uh, uh, For those of you out there who don't Mm -hmm. know, all of MaximumFun.org is listener supported. So if you are – we give away all of our shows for free and we ask for you to support them. Um, and this year, and we have a pledge drive only once a year, so we will be asking for your money in April and having special guests and all that stuff. But the thing that I wanted to say is we have this thank you gift this year mm-hmm. uh, called the Intimate Sensations Pack. Hmm. I know Lindsay's running the board this week. She's been deeply involved in the construction of the int- – she's nodding knowingly. Um, By construction, do you mean she's been carving <laughs> – Toys. She's been carving dildos, yes. Yeah. Right. <laughs> These are wooden dildos. Yeah. <laughs> it's just wooden dildos. Splintery. Well, to be fair, we gave her the chainsaw and went her to go ga- sent her to go gather some wood from problem trees. Yeah, my dad's a sculptor. You could have asked him if he's willing to go in the sex toy direction. We should have just hired that guy whose house you stayed at in uh, Palm Springs, Jordan. Oh, yeah. That, that dildo flower guy. Sure. I don't think he made the dildos, though. I think those were found dildos. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Secondhand? Yeah, yeah. Just, he just go look in the bushes by playgrounds or whatever. Sure. Is that where dildos hang out? I think so. <laughs> it's where people throw their dildos yeah. when they're all used up. <laughs> so anyway, we have, do have an intimate sensations pack. I'm not going to reveal everything that's inside the intimate sensation pack, but I will say the, the ingredients intimate. are very now, sensual. Is that, it, this is not just a cute name. It is actually erotic. It is highly erotic. Well, that fits wow. most of the shows on this network. <laughs> sure. Well, certainly this program. Yeah. His intimate. We're all uh, here trapped in a tiny foam box. If you're out there and you're not participating in an erotic activity right now, you're using this show wrong. You should at least be jerking it. <laughs> <laughs> Bare minimum. Yeah. Bare minimum, your hand should be down your pants. But really... If you can get into a sleeper car on a maglev train yeah. and get someone in there your, to stimulate your, your yeah. genitals, <laughs> that's and you're playing Jordan Jesse Go maybe on a jam box, mm-hmm. you know, like on one of those little portable speaker systems. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Or just in a nice pair of in-ear headphones. Mm-hmm. Noise-canceling headphones maybe so you don't have to listen to the sound of the, you know, intercoursing. Right. Because that, that's unpleasant. Well, it's certainly unpleasant when you could be listening to something far more erotic like Jordan Jesse Go. For instance. Just, that's just an example. Mm-hmm. Anyway, if you ever want to have an orgasm again, support <laughs> yeah. Jordan Jesse Listen, Go. We're not saying we're not saying you can't have an orgasm without this show, but this is the stimulate the balls situation. Yeah. This will make this will amp it up. And we're actually going to do a live show from uh, maximumfun.org. I well, it's going to be very arrived. This yeah. is going to have video, so it's going to be hard for people to control their orgasms yeah. as they watch at home. But we're going to do a live this streaming show. This is going to be more stimulating t- for men because men are so visual. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I think mainly who uses this podcast for erotic uh, you know, purposes, it's women because it has to do with fantasy. Right. Well, maybe with, you should do some written 
uh, maxfun.org type show for the women rather than, you know, video stimulation. I would really oh, enjoy like yeah. some Jordan Jesse Go slash feck. Oh, yeah. Right? Don't you? There's got to be some Jordan Jesse Go slash no, feck out there. I would, I don't. I think I know you too well, and I don't want it to be a description of us doing it, but I would like to maybe be doing it with Dave and Graham. <laughs> like that a, does sound like fun. Like a cross max fun. That sounds fun. Brian and Aaron finally decide to uh, <laughs> fucking drop the shit and get it on like we all know they want to. Yeah, sure. This is, we have a lot of really good ideas. Mm-hmm. We should explore this, and we're going to do this live show the last Friday of the Pledge Drive. And we're going to stream it on the internet and everything. You'll only be able to fucking listen to it later if you're a donor. So get your donations out. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I think this is going to be – this could be a fun topic of conversation. I think Brian is going to come by. Sure. We can ask him How when, he would when they're about... finally going to do it. Yeah. Maybe he'll be ready or... to consummate on the video stream. Yeah. Or, I mean, maybe if the slash fic is ready by then, we could read some on the air. Yeah. I think Brian probably dates guys who are handsomer than us. Sure. I'm not going to lie to you. No, Brian, yeah. Brian's I, a yeah, very handsome a guy. Drive. I can I can confirm this. Fucking yeah, you, Safi's you, doing all right. Yeah, <laughs> I went to their. Uh, I went to Brian and Aaron's live show. Yeah. Uh, here in L.A. Um, a, a packed house, mainly gorgeous guys. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, I'm not surprised to hear that. Yeah. Sounds tremendous. Okay. Anyway, Max Fun Drive is coming up, so get your donations ready. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jessica. <laughs> It's Jordan, Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's radio sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Helen Zaltzman, <clears throat> token English person. Jordan, the reason <laughs> the reason I wasn't on the show last week yeah. is because uh, Helen and I were on a panel at South by Southwest in Austin, Texas. Oh, that sounds like a lot of fun. You've been to you used to go to South by Southwest a lot for your job on, at Fuel. Yeah, I, I've I've been there for a couple different uh, for a couple different hosty type jobs, and uh, yeah, always a blast. I'm uh, I'm always a little bummed when I can't go, and very envious of people. Uh, look at my barbecue hashtag SXSW tweets. Yep. Oh God. You should envy. Uh, yeah, yeah. We went. We went to a restaurant where you can buy all you can eat barbecue, mm. and we just ate like animals. It was daunting. Sure. It was just a, a circular pit piled high with animals. What? Are, that, then we ate like animals. What are you? What what are we talking here? <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, I'm talking about the meats that were available, oh, not the well, nature of the eating. In the, in the but that was a good demonstration. Yeah, in the all you can eat offer, uh, it was brisket, ribs, and sausage. Yes, smoked sausage. Mm. Yeah, and, uh, the... and oh, sorry, there's a zebra striped golf cart to take you from your car to the restaurant. A walk, which is approximately thirty seconds. <laughs> What? What? So where? So you like park? the zoo? Like the zoo train? Yeah, it wow. was literally probably a decommissioned zoo train. <laughs> That's the heads. They're not. They're not inferring that you could eat zebra in the restaurant, right? There's maybe, not like a barbecued zebra shank. Maybe they're inferring that you will eat so much that you will no longer be capable of movement afterwards. <laughs> fairly accurate. Sure. It was pretty great. Oh, yeah, we just ate until we were sick. Terrific. Because you get – and then there's – and then you got coleslaw. It was a real nice vinegar coleslaw. I usually yeah. prefer a creamier coleslaw mm-hmm. because of the fat in there. Yeah, <laughs> but it didn't need that because it didn't the meat. But it didn't need it because we had all this meat and, oh, geez, we ate this brisket. Oh, boy. Just ate until I, we, we looked like those little babies from the Africa TV commercial. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we ate until Just, we looked like we had malnutrition. After they go to a barbecue buffet. Tore off yeah. our shirts. Our bellies sure. were puffed out. And then fucking flies at the appeal. corners of our eyes. <laughs> 
We were doing it, doing it big in Texas. Oh, it was magnificent. The be- I think that my favorite part of South by Southwest. I mean, here's the thing. For me, there's a little bit of disappointment because so there's so many opportunities to drink for free, and yeah. when you don't drink, you yeah. sort of like people start drinking for free at 10 a.m. Sure, you know, and then they're just drunk for free throughout the course. Yeah, of the event. I think it's one of those events like going to Vegas where it's like uh, 90% of this is drinking so yeah I mean look I did I have a nice time going to dinner with fellow podcasting magnate Dan Benjamin of the 5x5 network yeah sure <laughs> I had a great time yeah. would it have been better if I was super wasted yes <laughs> sure. but the one thing that I really enjoyed about it and was feeling very proud of myself about was that I would I was getting recognized Every three hours. Oh, sure. To every two, three hours, somebody would come well, up and to me and say, the, I love your show. This shows. was the internet yeah, wing so of film. South by so South basically, West, right? there's internet and film happen the first mm-hmm. week, and music happens the second week. And uh, yeah, I was really proud of myself. Sure. I'm like, I'm a fucking major celebrity here. Like, people <laughs> keep coming up to me and telling me how great I am. This is tremendous until. Helen and I had just Helen and I had just done some interviews. Me and Helen and Roman Mars had done some interviews, some field interviews for a show that Helen was contributing to uh, from the Guardian, the, mm-hmm. the uh, British newspaper. And she had them all on, uh, you know, like a compact flash card, mm-hmm. but she needed to upload them to her editor at the Guardian, and she didn't. Ha- and she was disappointed that the press area didn't have any compact flash cards. Mm-hmm. Also, I don't think I was using the correct uh, vocabulary because yeah. I did not know how to translate my technological needs into, <laughs> into American. Yeah, yeah. and so uh, you said, uh, "Where's the electronic puddings?" <laughs> You that kept I need saying, a pudding for the pudding. The internet pudding. Yes. You kept saying, a lift. I need a lift. <laughs> uh, Robbie Williams <laughs> is famous. <laughs> I don't know. Um, and so she's talking to this poor woman uh, at the- Give me the pudding! <laughs> at the counter, the woman saying, you know, this is just a, this is just a press lounge. You know, I, we, they didn't need, I'm not even sure they had computers for people to use, maybe just printers. And a massage chair for Jesse Thorne to get a free massage. I did go and get oh, a free terrific. massage. Well, they, these, everyone I was with didn't have the sense to recognize that it was a free massage chair and go get it immediately yeah. upon seeing it. Was this a, um, uh, a person massaging you or a, uh, an electronic? Oh, it was a person. Okay. Yeah, you were getting full elbow in the back type. Uh, oh, yeah. Full yeah. on. Absolutely. And so, it's South by Southwest, so it was like the guy from Girl Talk, right? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, the guy from Girl Talk? It's just one guy. It's anyway, just one guy. The yeah. guy from that. Anyway. The, the Girl Talk guy. The Girl Talk guy. Yeah, there you he, go. He, he smelled like cracker crumbs. <laughs> um, I think it was his beard. Uh, so uh, so she's she's going through this thing with this with this person, and this big black guy is standing right behind the lady uh, that, that Helen's talking to, and he turns around and says, Are you Helen Zaltzman? <laughs> Just this huge, this huge man, just a monster, mm-hmm. monstrous man, a gentle giant. Yeah, very benign, very man. much a gentle nice giant, a bull from Night Court type. Yes, exactly. Which I don't understand because we don't have Night Court. So thank you. <laughs> an African American bull, sure, if you can imagine that. And uh, and he says, "Are you Helen Zaltzman from Answer Me This? I, I recognized yes, you by your voice." Now, yeah. Helen, guilty as charged, yeah. is Helen Zaltzman from Answer Me This? It's true. She very graciously said, "Yes, I am." Do you have a flashcard reader I could borrow? (laughs) (laughs) And he did! Oh, He he did! He He went right into his backpack and pulled out a fucking flashcard reader. That's awesome. This has really nettled Jesse Thorne, though, who, as aforementioned, was getting recognized 
all over the place for his appearance, which, you know, he he does put this on. So people are going to take notice of his apparel. He seems very annoyed that I get recognised by my voice, which is the only thing anyone would know me for. And now, here's the thing. The only time I we've ever been recognised by our voices when, was when we were in college. Me and Jordan and Gene were in the back of a bus in Santa Cruz. This guy turned around and said, hey, are you guys the sound of young America? We said yes, and it was the first time we'd ever been recognised. It was a really big deal. He said, I listen every week. We're like, oh my gosh, that's amazing. Are you a really big fan of KZSC? That was our station. Mm-hmm. And uh, he said... No, I'm homeless and my radio's broken and it only gets one channel. <laughs> so wow. So that's the only time we've ever But what I was really upset by was not the voice part. It was, hey, other people that recognize me, what are you doing for me? You know what I mean? Hey, How is this well, benefiting gotta, me? You've gotta ask, you know? Well uh, let's talk it out. Okay, let's do a role play. Just to, sure. so Jesse's feelings can be calmed, I think. Okay. Hey, who, are who you am I? Are you Jordan Morris from Jordan Jesse Go? Yeah, I am. Let me lend you an SD card. Thanks. Jesse Thorne, I notice, is standing next to you, that guy from Put This On. I'd assume that such a guy would already have an SD card. So he's fine for it. I would not, oh, yeah. I would not demean him by suggesting he had a technological need that he needed me to fulfill you as a stranger. You seem prepared. You're just, yeah, you exactly. seem... So I should have been more affirmative is what you're saying. You should have been What like, should I have been asking hey, for? Probably brisket. Yeah. yeah. Maybe a lift. <laughs> Are you... Can we try again? Can yeah, we try okay. the... Okay. Uh, do you want me to try with Jordan or with no, you? No, with me. With me. Because hey. I'm, I'm working it through here. Hey, are you Jesse Thorne from all of the Maximum Fun podcasts that you make? I am. Do you have any brisket I can eat? Uh, I know where you can get some. Do you want me to take you to there? Uh, what, I mean, I, I really want... The thing that I want is that immediate gratification of having a need satisfied sure. immediately upon being Tell recognized. You, what, you sit down... I'll just run out and get you some brisket. Will that work? And then I'll then I'll leave while you eat it, so we don't have to make. How about let's try? Can we try? Let's try it again. Okay. Let's try it one more time. All right, sorry. Okay. Oh my God! Are you Jesse Thorne from the Jesse Thorne things? I am. Can you help me resolve some of the lingering emotional issues surrounding my father's post-traumatic stress disorder? I would be more than happy to try. That's what I'm looking for. <laughs> that's that's solution. Yeah, I think it's just an assertiveness thing. Problem you know? solution. Well, I suppose my podcast is about problem solution, and mm, maybe yeah. maybe we have talked. But, uh, this guy will to be a problem solver. You're like the Boy Scouts. You always you're uh, teaching people to always be prepared, and not, you hate homosexuals. Not quite as rapey as the Boy Scouts. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that's pretty good, Jordan. If if you were going to ask for one thing, what would it be? Do you think? Oh, I mean, if we're at South by Southwest, I can try. We can try it out. Do you sure. want? Yeah, I'll yeah. be a fan, and you sure. just be you. Okay. Hey, aren't you Jordan Morris from Jordan Jesse Go? Yeah. Can you ask the guys from Yaysayer to give me a foot rub? <laughs> There's no need. There's a masseur in the press room. Yeah. Oh, that was tremendous. Did you do anything really good at South by Southwest, Alan? I went to a lot of talks about the internet and stuff like that because Mm -hmm. I don't drink either, really. So I don't... I'm not good at nightlife. I was impressed at how poor the quality of the talks was. <laughs> well, it's, sometimes it's nice to watch them and think, wow, is that all there is to doing a keynote? Yeah. Why am I doing a keynote then? Well, what, what also annoyed me is that a lot of the talks were going... Suck it, gore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they, they were going, hey, if, you wanna, if you've got an idea, just do it and then make it big and then you can finance it, yeah? And so people go, well, how do you finance it? And they go... Finance it. Just do it. Yeah, just do the yep. idea. No, I've spent, you know, six years of my life doing this bloody podcast. 
I feel like it's actually a character flaw that has caused me just to do things that I like that don't make me any money and give yeah. me no future prospects, no yeah. pension, no stability at all. So I feel like maybe I'm going to set myself up as a sort of demotivational speaker. I like that Roman Mars on our panel, our friend Roman Mars, who hosts the brilliant show 99% Invisible, said, it's the best time ever to be a podcaster but I'm not necessarily saying it's a good time to be a podcaster. <laughs> yeah. We're all self-punishing people. <laughs> Did you see I, – I, uh, I got to see a really lovely uh, documentary about high school basketball directed by our friend Davey Rothbart from Found Magazine, an old friend of ours. Sure. Regular guest on uh, The Sound of Young America back in the olden times. Is that – I knew it began with an M. It was called Glendora, I want to say. Glendora, I think. It's the name of a town in um, Indiana. I'm going with the M beginning, three (laughs) syllables, ending with an A. It was a really lovely documentary about the high school basketball team of this town high school in rural Indiana where essentially the population of the town has dwindled to the point where there are only – there are less than 100 students in the high school. And so there – if I remember correctly, there are 33 boys in the high school. And they play against these high schools with 15,000 students. Mm -hmm. And so they, uh, they had lost every game for two consecutive years. So it was a documentary about the combination of the way that the industrial – the crumbling of the industrial economy has uh, you know, negatively affected these small towns to the point where they lose their identity because you know, everybody's going to Walmart and everybody's sending their kids to the regional high school um, with the story of these sweet kids who are just trying to – win one basketball game. <laughs> really nice film. You see you see anything good? Yeah, I saw actually quite a lot of sweet documentaries as well. I saw one about Harry Dean Stanton, one about tiny houses, one about a guy that was wrongfully imprisoned for 25 <laughs> years for murdering his wife, and two documentaries about pornography, which meant that everyone thought I just spent the whole time at South by Southwest, a whole week just watching pornography. Did you not? I mean, you went to two. Yeah, but that didn't take up the whole week. I had to fill the rest of the time with stuff with, about the future of tech. Well, I just figured amateur pornography <laughs> the rest of the time. I'd only watch a documentary about it, not the actual stuff itself. So I saw one documentary which was about um, some hippies in Berlin that uh, raise money for environmental causes by making and selling amateur porn, starring oh. themselves and people that they meet in the street. And then they went, spoiler alert... They went, they went to this small Amazonian tribe that they were trying to save with the 400,000 euros they'd raised, which is a lot. I mean, it's what, about yeah. $600,000? And uh, the tribe were like, we don't need your porn money. We need jobs. <laughs> and so they had to go back uh, back home with the money, disappointed. And the other one I saw was about Buck Angel, who oh, is... Can I, can I ask oh, about sorry. the Berlin hippies real yes, quick? Yes, sure. Are these, are these people you would want to see in pornography? They looked like they had not washed in a really long time. Oh, okay. And they had a lot of piercings. And some piercings, particularly the one that's through the middle of your nose, made mm. me really nervous because I just think if someone accidentally Yeah, that, that one on makes me uncomfortable oh, too. Yeah, A lot of that. I know exactly what you're talking yeah. about. And the, the, the one other, that makes people look like a little piggy. Yeah, precisely, which I don't – personally, I don't see the appeal of that visually, but I guess it's just not for me. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's not for me to, for, buy, to buy their It's porn. for somebody to the tune of 400,000 euros. Yeah, yeah. Right? I mean, if you want some hippie porn, though, you're doing, you're doing good for the environment. Can you fuck it? it? The nose ring? Yeah. Depends if it's big mm, enough, I suppose. I think maybe – Maybe it's maybe it's someone with just like sensitive nose cartilage, and then mm. while they're being, you know, you just flick it. Yeah, you just give it a little. Like flick. you would a booger. Give what, it a little flick. What about those really horrifying ones that are like a huge tube through through your earlobe? You can probably fuck that. Yeah, you, yeah. That no, you can fuck. Sure, you gotta you be know, you gotta be real careful. But you know, you're not a gentle, gonna a gentle, tender fucking. Yeah, sure. Like yeah. a tender, a sensual, sensual, like anniversary fucking. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
the other documentary is about Buck Angel, who is this uh, very butch male porn star with a vagina. Oh. Wow. Yeah. I yeah. would imagine there's relatively few porn stars who are uh, butch guys with vaginas. Yeah, I think he might be the only one. Because there is a really whole butch. genre of porn that is uh, uh, women who have penises. Yeah. Well, he's he's bucking the trend, as it were. And uh, he has a very highly pierced wife as well. So, again, it was a slightly uncomfortable viewing experience because I was worried that, you know, she might get caught on a knitted sweater or something. Did you learn anything interesting about him and his lifestyle? Yeah, it was really moving, actually. Um, it, was, it was a very interesting uh, thing, a very interesting thesis about uh, what gender means, I suppose, and how difficult it is to be a butch porn star with a vagina <laughs> growing up in a not understanding community. And yeah. uh, how also the testosterone can make uh, your vagina quite cancerous. Oh, yeah. dear. Uh, but uh, it seemed a happy ending and he was there at the screening so uh, he came out and cried afterwards it was very emotional wow that sounds very powerful right up there with that movie (laughs) about the rural industrial teenagers that I saw all all grade A jerk off material (laughs) (laughs) we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go MaximumFun.org is a co-sponsor of the 5th Annual Women in Comedy Festival, happening this weekend in Boston. The festival kicks off Thursday, March 21st, with SNL alumni Rachel Dretch and Horatio Sands performing with other top improvisers from the UCB Theater. For comedy fans, the festival is an incredible opportunity to see some of the best comics working today, not to mention some of my personal favorites, like Maria Bamford. For more information and tickets, visit www.womenincomedyfestival.com. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. I'm Helen Zaltzman from Answer Me This. It's a great podcast. If you're out there, I listen to Answer Me This every week. Do you? I do. Do you? I do. That's nice to know. I would have it on my phone right now if I had not already listened to this week's episode. Right, or if you hadn't been lying about listening to it every week. I listen to it every week. It's one of my favorite shows. I was very disappointed when you guys went on Christmas break. I'm so sorry for taking some time off at Christmas to enjoy Christmas with our families. Actually, Martin and I went on a road trip, of course, and avoided our families completely. I hope you enjoyed your socialist paradise. Um, (laughs) Hey, guess what, guys? Support for Jordan Jesse Go comes from Audible.com, provider of digital audiobooks and more. If you want to listen to it, Audible has it. With more than 100,000 downloadable titles, including fiction, nonfiction, and periodicals, you'll find what you're looking for. Jordan Jesse Go listeners might enjoy Lost at Sea by John Ronson. I enjoyed Lots Lost at Sea, the non-audio version, and I will confirm that, yes, that is a terrific book, and I probably made a lot better by John Ronson reading it. Yeah, because John Ronson is awesome a professional voice. television host. Yeah. Yeah. And radio host. And he's a droll fellow. He is. He's a, yeah. he's a delight. He's, I, a, he's a delight, John Ronson. He is a delight. He, he was on our podcast. Oh. When was he on your podcast? Oh, uh, it was about episode... It was in the 190s. It was in the early 190s. Helen, by the way, has been podcasting for practically as long as we have. No. I mean, let's not get competitive, but you're younger than me and you've been podcasting for longer. Imagine how I feel. Listen, we're all babies compared to the Harry Potter fan fiction <laughs> cast, okay? <laughs> We'll never the grand dame of podcasting. There's a Harry Potter fanfic. Hold on, you guys. Okay, sorry. sorry. For a free audiobook of your choice and a free 30-day trial membership, go to audiblepodcast.com slash JJGo. Audiblepodcast.com slash 
J.J. Go. You can listen to Lost at Sea by John Rodgers. Yeah, right? big, it, yeah, big endorsement for that. That's a terrific book. I really enjoyed it. I mm-hmm. was my only disappointment. My only disappointment was um, John Ronson wasn't reading it to you. Yeah. Is it yeah. not John Ronson? No, it is John Ronson okay. reading it. Okay. If you have the audiobook. We bo- yeah. I read it in galleys. I'm not trying to brag or anything. <laughs> but uh yeah, it's it's John Ronson reading it to you and that's pretty great. Cuz it's always better when the when the authors read it themselves. Although I listened to uh the audiobook of um Things the Grandchildren Should Know by Mr. E from the Eels. Uh-huh. And it's not read by him. I think it's read by his bassist. <laughs> he does a pretty good impression of Mr. E. <laughs> and it's it, my husband and I listened to it on Honeymoon and everyone dies. I don't think it's too much for a spoiler of saying that every yeah. chapter someone dear to him dies. He's like, I was going to meet Elliot Smith for lunch. Then he stabbed himself in the chest. <laughs> that kind of level of uh, tragedy. Oh, I'll tell you, the only important person in his life who's not passed away is me. I see him sometimes at Trader Joe's. Do you? I do. Do you ever think I'll I'll just buy him something to make up for all of the death? Get him some uh, free sweets or something? Yeah, so yeah, I probably should. That is actually a really good idea. Yeah, so maybe some uh, wasabi peas. Yeah, like some wasabi yeah. peas. Yeah. Who would object to that? Turkey jerky. Mm-hmm. Oh, how about this pre-cooked edamame? That. Hey. Oh, sure. Right, because you can snack on that whenever the fuck you want. Great snack. Yeah, yeah. and then you can then you can make some cool uh, synth pop rock. Yeah. <laughs> Experimental. I like the eels. Sure, eels. Excuse me, not the eels. I'm so sorry. Eels, forgive me. Hey, oh, one other thing I yeah. want to mention. We haven't talked about it lately on Jordan Jesse Go. A little something called BoatParty.biz. Yeah. Um, well, I talked about it last week and got some of the lineup wrong. I will say that the uh, lineup at BoatParty.biz is the correct one. Yes, we. we and we, I apologize you, for my error. There was some. There was someone that had that it had been in talks to appear mm-hmm. that you had misremembered and blah 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 sure. blah. But we have a totally amazing lineup. Yeah, I can't imagine you would be disappointed with this lineup. Maria Bamford, mm-hmm. our friend Maria Bamford, one of the funniest people in the world, if not the funniest person in the world. Uh, Chuck Bryant from Stuff You Should Know podcast. Hey. Uh, Chuck's going to come and do like a trivia thing. We haven't honestly decided. Chuck just said, can I come? And I was like, yeah, sure. You're, you're a great guy, <laughs> right. Chuck. Um, John Darnielle of the Mountain Goats. Nice. Uh, Dan Deacon, the brilliant electronic music super genius Dan Deacon, whose shows are absolutely fucking apeshit bonkers. In fact, I am thinking that even though maybe – Maybe Darnell is a little more fa- – maybe maybe Deacon might not be the most famous person. Mm-hmm. I kind of am thinking I'm going to have to have him go on last because of his reputation for completely burning down the house and leaving everyone in a pile of tears sure. of joy and sweat. Yeah. Um, he's absolutely – for a long time, he would only perform in the audience mm-hmm. so that he could get everyone to party with him and like jump up and down and dance and stuff. A uh, completely wild thing. Hodgman, Hari Kondabalu, uh, one of my favorite comedians I've only just gotten to know yeah. in the last year or so. He's a writer on uh, Kamau Bell's show on FX. Um, Josie Long, who you know. She's my friend. Yeah, absolutely. A brilliant English comedian. Right when you say brilliant English comedian. Absolutely. Yeah, as Phenomenal. good as it gets. Yeah, and and, a, and what a warm spirit. She She is. A winning personality. She does have a winning personality. She's an inspirational figure. She is indeed. Well, that's what we're looking for. That's why. That's, that's what you're going to get. That's why we're bringing in the who moved my cheese guy. <laughs> Inspired you to put your cheese in a more sensible place. <laughs> yes, exactly. He said, why not put it in the cheese drawer? There's a cheese drawer in your refrigerator. <laughs> <laughs> but have you thought about putting it in the salad crisper? Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
our friend Al Madrigal, the man of a thousand voices uh, from The Daily Show, mm-hmm. of course. Mark Marin from WTF. Nellie Mackay, the beautiful and charming songstress, Nellie Mackay. What an interesting mix of Marin and Mackay. <laughs> yeah, well, you got to get Marin and Mackay together. They're two of America's most beloved eccentrics. <laughs> um, Eugene Merman. How about that? Eugene's never been to one of these things. Yeah, Merman's great. Has he ever been on a boat? He's probably been on a boat. But it might have been a flat bottom, like glass observational boat. Yeah, or one of those swing like boats. Like in Cancun. At, at a playground. Oh, yeah, one of those swing boats at a playground. Absolutely. Our friend Jasper Red, mm-hmm. hilarious guest on this show. John Roderick. Kurt and Kristen. Did you hear that uh, Kurt Brownoller from Kurt and Kristen, uh, the other uh, Kristen is Kristen sure. Shaw, of course, that he uh, kickstarted a project to. To have, skywriting? To have a skywriter write a joke he thought of. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> so in a couple of weeks here in Los Angeles, a skywriter is going to write on the sky, how do I land? <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, fuck the Veronica Mars movie. That's what you use Kickstarter for. And and Nick Thune, one of those guys, I would say Nick Thune, Jasper Red, both those guys fall in the category of too handsome to be so funny. Sure. Absolutely. Very handsome men. So maybe you could, uh, you know. Beat him up a little bit. Yeah, just yeah. rough him up. Off. Pirate style, yeah, international waters. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, yeah. you can go to boatparty.biz if you want to find out more information. Sign up for the email list. We already beat Mark McGrath. Ah. I think I'm going to invite Mark McGrath on the thing. Well, I think what you should. What else is he doing? I mean, what, rock and roll Jeopardy. Yeah, rock and roll. Keeps <laughs> winning rock and roll Jeopardy. <laughs> Frosting his tips. I think that would be a great that would be a great olive branch because, because I mean I he like... was probably the reason he had to cancel the Mark McGrath and Friends right. cruise starring Smash Mouth is because <laughs> wonderful friends and the Spin Doctors and the Spin Doctors really yeah well, well, is this boat just straight from the late nineties I think I could yeah get... it was in the Bermuda Triangle it got <laughs> caught and now it's just emerging from the uh, the hellscape now that our music host John Roderick has taken such a strong stand against punk rock in the pages of his local alternative newspaper mm-hmm. um, I think that probably means that he wants to do some duets with Mark McGrath right yeah so let's do it <laughs> let's sure. get let's bring McGrath in yeah if I'm extrapolating correctly yeah my geometry isn't perfect is but that I believe Mark McGrath that it is punk rock yeah no Mark McGrath is is the opposite of punk rock right oh sure and so, so John Ronson, oh, John, John Roderick, uh, John Roderick would be want to. into it, yeah, yeah. into okay. duetting with sure. him. Who's the I'm going to invite McGrath. Do it, right? Be, be the better man. This week, I'm inviting McGrath at my expense. Wow! If anybody out, of out there out of pocket, I'll buy his plane ticket. I'll l- let him cruise. Yeah, you'll <laughs> you'll have a whole uh, jar of L.A. Looks gel in his cabin. <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, you can get a gallon of LA Looks gel for ninety nine cents. What's that's the olive branch? I mean, it's not you know. Right. It's the thought. It's more simple. What color? Pink or green? Green. <laughs> green. Yeah. yeah. I've got a question about yeah. uh, the boat party. Yeah. It's, and this is genuinely out of interest. It's not that I'm thinking of setting up a rival one because I'm not. Okay. But where do you get a boat from? They run regularly. Well, you just they already exist. A boat. This is not a. Boat. I don't have to build the boat. Yeah. No, but I mean, where do you get as an adult? How do you get a cruise ship at your own disposal, say? Well, there will be some other people on the cruise ship. Yeah. Do you just, what? They just won't be invited to all the cool all right. events and oh, stuff. Oh, they're not coming to your party. They're not. Si- all of our rooms. They're play shuffleboard. All of our rooms. Well, we're going to be playing shuffleboard. There's going to be a shuffleboard. Yeah, but they tournament. can't play your shuffleboard. No, They're they cannot participate in our tournament. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. You can have a cabaret singer. Basically, all of, all, all of our rooms are in one area of the boat altogether. Right. 
And then we have special rooms where we go and hang out and do stuff and special performance rooms where we go to the shows. But there will – there are other – I mean unless this goes a lot better than I expect it to, <laughs> then there will be other people on the boat because, you know, the boat sleeps 5,000 people or something like that. Well, you could probably fill that. Well, we might, we might have 1,000 or 1,500. Yeah. Within a couple of years. I mean, I think the Bare Naked Ladies cruise, they they get the whole boat. <laughs> yeah. Oh, totally. Yeah. Got, they one, got the presidents yeah. of the United States of America. You got it. So that's four bare naked ladies, four presidents mm-hmm. of the United States of America. So that's eight. Yeah, I mean that's. I mean let's. I mean we can take down McGrath fine, but the bare naked ladies. That's one fucking mid nineties heritage act we don't want to mess with. I'll tell you what. One time I made a joke about the bare naked ladies on Jordan Jesse mm-hmm. Go. I got a fucking barrage of yeah. emails. A fucking barrage From of CA emails. addresses. Yes, I think I said that that uh, that the uh, bare na- naked ladies were a band beloved by genial dorks, mm-hmm. which that's, is that's... pretty much the definition of the bare naked ladies. Yeah, right. what's wrong with that? And then the genial dorks turned out not to be so genial. Yeah, they so got you... real not genial real like, quick on my me, emails. Do not call me genial, Jesse Thorne. They were tweeting the shit out of me. That's, if you ever tweet about Chris Brown as well, even if you don't at reply him, there must be people just searching for Chris Brown all the time. And those are two common words. Yeah. So they're sure, really right. filtering, and then and then they go for you. Yeah. Oh, they they were they were right at my neck. I'm not look. I'm not trying to pick a fight with the bare naked ladies. I'm just, a bit, yeah. I'm going to invite McGrath on the cruise. Great. There. It's done. Can he send the lead singer of Smash Mouth in his stead? No. Okay. I will not accept the lead singer of Smash Mouth. Okay. They're even wor- They're too much of bad. <laughs> I bet Mark McGrath is a nice guy. That's why. Sure. Do you? I think he probably well, I bet is. Smash Mouth is a nice guy. I feel like they're musical. You think musical Smash quality. Guy is a nice guy? I bet he is. Smash guy. Smash guy. Smash guy is. The I think he is. I mean, I think Smash if you're talking Mouth. about <laughs> Smash guy is his name. I think if you're talking niceness to badness of music, I bet they're jockeying neck and neck for both of those. Right. I bet the guy. I mean. The, there was Cracker was on that cruise. The, now, there's no doubt that Cracker is the band out of all of the bands that yeah. were on the cruise that I would most like to have on our cruise. Mm-hmm. However. Because you want them to uh, play their note for note cover of Tusk. <laughs> <laughs> well, I would probably want them to play Camper Van Beethoven songs. Sure. Because, you know, we went to college in Santa Cruz. That's Santa Cruz's only famous band ever. Yeah. You know, so show some respect for Cracker. But I would say. I kind of feel the reason I want to invite McGrath, besides that I think he's probably a nice guy and he always does so well on on Celebrity Jeopardy. And he's still uh, going with the blonde tips, and confident st- they'll come back in. And he still still won't wear a shirt. Mm-hmm. Um, he wears a shirt, right? Does he not wear a well, shirt? He I've usually doesn't shirt. wear a shirt. He's got a gorgeous torso. He'd I mean, the man. Home. Home. I, don't th- I, th- I guess I, th- I think of him. As a heterosexual in- man, I would love to rub my dick up and down his torso. Great. That's why <laughs> you're inviting him on the cruise. Heterosexually. Yeah. yeah. Um, but he, I, I think we should, invi- I think we invite him. Yeah. Right? How, what could go wrong? He might get seasick. Yeah. That could go wrong. I mean, he, he comes and none of the babes pay any attention to you. Uh, that's because they're all. Yeah. You know what? I'm a married man. No, that's right. I got a child. I think my McGrath- junk doesn't even work anymore. Sure. I say, I say, we just get McGrath. And best case scenario for me, honestly, mm-hmm. any babes that are interested in me, I just shunt them off to McGrath. Yeah. Say McGrath is over there. Go hey. frost his tips. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. It's nice that you're doing him a favor. 
To make up for the fact that you took away his cruise. That's what I feel. I feel bad about ruining his. Ultimately, end of the day, he's the guy whose cruise I ruined by making him our rival and then destroying it within two days. So you're you're going to get him some tail in return. Yeah. You're a good guy. I... I'm going to go – I'll send – I'm going to send a tweet. When we leave this studio, I'm going to send a tweet and make sure Mark McGrath knows that he is invited to BoatParty.biz. We'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. It's Jordan Jesse Go. I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. Jordan Morris, boy detective. Helen Zaltzman. Um woman from England. I've, I think I... Uh, you don't need to, 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 to change every name. time. Really? Everybody I thought that visit, change visiting professor is great. Visiting professor was a really good one. Oh, well, see, now I just feel like... You know, you're fine. You're fine. I'm giving downhill. you a promotion. Now you're adjunct. I've, I've, adjunct I've, faculty. Hey, I've got tenure? <laughs> yeah. Yes. Well, you don't have ten, tenure yet. That's why you're adjunct. Oh, I don't understand how the American system works. But well, first you're adjunct, then you get tenure. Does it mean I get a working visa? Oh yeah, you well, can, you super. can totally get a visa. Yeah, good, so I'm going to take this as official. Yeah, look at and look how gorgeous the weather is yeah. outside. Enjoy it some Obamacare <laughs> on us. Well, thank you, Helen. You know all about taking calls on your show because yeah. uh, you take many a call and email to yes. generate the questions, yeah. which you then answer. That's right. That's how it works. Um, on our show, we ask the people call when something momentous happens for Ooh. our segment, Momentous Occasions. They give us a call at 206-984-4FUN, 206-984-4FUN. And uh, let's just go straight to the calls. Here's our first caller. Hey, guys. This is Katie in Oregon, and I am 24 years old, and I just got my license. This is huge for me because this has been my finally go fishing for forever i hated driving and i am now a licensed driver congratulations i am super super excited love the show bye can i say something about driving a car yeah i learned to drive when i was about 20 Mm -hmm. i grew up in san francisco similar to london there's not really much reason to drive a car did you feel like a late bloomer at 20 I did, yes. Oh, absolutely. Because I'm 32, yeah. which means, you know, now... It felt, exactly, it felt exactly the same to me as it would have felt if I had learned when I was 32, Yeah, mine will be like the 40-year-old virgin, but with learning to drive. <laughs> yeah, well, my mom didn't learn to drive until she was in her mid-40s. Why did she bother at that point? Well, she got a teaching job um, out of town. Right. So she had to drive to it uh, or take the bus for four hours. Oof. So, so she was learned. Yeah, she learned to drive. But uh, I will say this about learning to drive. Uh... You, I guess you get a more fulfilling driving experience or something from a manual transmission. Um, that's what people who drive manual transmissions sure. say yeah. a lot. I mean, it's great when you stall on a hill. Well, <laughs> better than that. But I, I will just say, I, I will just say that if you stick with an automatic transition transmission, driving is shockingly easy. It is almost for how deadly it can be. <laughs> <laughs> that's for, true for the potential for disaster. But seriously, yeah, like driving. I took, I took. Uh, and I think it was a very good call for me to take a professional driving lesson. I found mm-hmm. a reputable driving school. I took two lessons uh, that were each 60 or 90 minutes, something like mm-hmm. that. Uh, and I learned how to drive. Yeah. It was that easy. Now she can uh, tool around Oregon. Yeah. Well, you now do. I'm feeling embarrassed. You can go to Ashland. I'm dependent on others if I want to tool around Oregon. Yeah, you got to. I've made some bad life decisions. What if what if Martin smartens up, dumps you like a hot potato? It's going to happen. And I mean, then, he's very then how eligible. are you going to go on road trips? 
I guess I'll have to do like your mum. He's gonna meet us. He's gonna meet a laser groupie because he works with lasers. He used to work <laughs> with lasers. Now, now he uh, does uh, something that I cannot explain very briefly at all. <laughs> <laughs> he used to laser cancers, and now, now that he doesn't do that, now he, has he a much does less a succinct job. A special kind of pornography that involves butch men with vaginas. Right. <laughs> it's going really well. Shooting, yeah. <laughs> shooting lasers. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's hear our next call. Hey, Jordan, Jesse, and Gus. This is Colin in Brooklyn. I just had a momentous occasion, kind of steeped in pathos. I was driving home, and uh, there was a Latin American teenage girl who was doing some skateboard tricks, and she kick-flipped her skateboard right into the middle of the street, and the guy in front of me just ran right over, and it cracked in two. And the girl looked so sad. I felt so bad for her. Well, but she shouldn't I have been playing like in the road. I felt like go home and listen to a Morrissey song or something <laughs> to work it out. And her mom was with her, too, and her mom looked like, oh, shit, got to buy a new skateboard now. Anyway, I thought I'd share that because I witnessed that universal moment by myself. That's something momentous happening to somebody else. It's like Colin is just the witness to momentousness, not the participant. Did you hear the 99% Invisible about skateboarding in cities? No. Beautiful 99% Invisible. made me very sensitive to the issues of people who skateboard in cities, but at the same time, as a non-skateboarder, I have a really hard time getting up any pathos for anyone on a skateboard. I hesitate to call it a universal moment because to me, skateboarding looks like the boringest thing in the history of the world. Both as a all, – all everyone's doing is just, is just sort of jumping two inches in the air and then – and then falling. Yeah. That's all the skateboarding. Whenever you see someone skateboarding, they're either going somewhere, in which case they should just get a bicycle, or they're trying to do a little tiny trick, like a trick that to someone who doesn't skateboard seems like the most dopey, pathetic, tiny thing. I'm sure it's super, super hard. I'm not suggesting yeah. otherwise. But then not being able to do it. Like you never see someone out there skateboarding and they do something you're like – Hey, that was pretty fucking cool. You're just like, yeah, well, I guess he did that weird little thing. <laughs> I guess he put his skateboard up on that stair. Yeah, it's like I guess my my litmus for uh, skateboard impressiveness is when I hang out with uh, the aforementioned Chris Fairbanks, who uh, a lifelong skateboarder. And, you know, there's that stuff like at the X Games where the guys, you know, the guys go off the world's biggest ramp and they do a flip and, like, anyone can appreciate that. Anybody can see if somebody does a fucking flip, like a flip, in any context, sure, you can jump on a fucking trampoline and do a flip and it's still impressive even though anybody could jump on a trampoline and do a flip. Continue. Yes. Yeah, yeah. But he is – he could not be less impressed by that and just wants to watch, like, a guy with dreadlocks – you know, jump from jump from the street uh, to like uh, the top of a stair. Yeah, and yeah, and like he will he will sit down and explain to me why that's more impressive. And I I don't know, I kind of like that about it. I like how there's that barrier to entry. I think we were talking about Reddit a little bit on the last show, and that being just like so intentionally baffling. And I think that's what impress that's like what kids like so much about skateboarding is that it is baffling to everybody who's not super super into it no that's very fair yeah well i think that's sort of an optimistic interpretation i think kids like skateboarding because uh, it gets them out into the fresh air and also they can't they're not allowed on other wheels that's true the 99 percent invisible was based around what they call love plaza in philadelphia which Mm -hmm. is the plaza where the love the famous love statue is yeah and uh, it was a it, it was a destination for many many of apparently of the great skateboard videos of the 1980s early 1990s um, because it was you know iconic place and also sure. a great place to skateboard and they de skateboardified it 
And to protest this, the guy who designed the plaza, who at the time was in his 80s, I think, um, went had a press conference in the plaza, said, I think that uh, I, I think that public spaces should be used for what people want to do in them. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that, you know, it's the public's right to to use this as a skateboarding area if that's what they want to do in it. They and can I, deal drugs if that's what they want. <laughs> I think sure. it's a beautiful a beautiful use of the space. And this, like, 90-year-old man got on a skateboard, mm-hmm. stood on a skateboard, and had someone pull him Aww, on the skateboard in the town. plaza and said they should, they should arrest him if they wanted to. That's cute. What do we got? One more call? Two more calls? One more... One or two? Jesus Christ, Lindsay. No, let's do one. Let's play it. Hi, Jordan. Jesse Go. This is Anne from Denver calling with a momentous occasion. Um, I was stopped at a red light uh, a couple of minutes ago, and the at the uh, opposite side of the intersection was one of those self-service car washes, and there were about six middle school kids in one of the self-service bays um, popping quarters into the machine and... Um, making their own little water park with the water hose and the soap hose. Very resourceful. And the kicker, um, one of the middle school kids had one of those scary it clown masks. Uh, Pretty great. Love the show. Bye. That is great. Yeah. That's a kind of magic that makes this a wonderful world to live in. Yeah, I like, I really, really love that kind of, that kind of middle school Ingenuity. I think yeah. it's it's like the kids. These kids were younger than middle school, but it's like the kids I saw a couple weeks ago trying to catch the squirrel in the box. That yeah. like I think everybody has this. You know, when everybody talks about young people, like the the idea is that they're just sitting in front of an iPad all day or something. But I think yeah, I, I like the idea that that kids around that age will always just want to go out and fuck around. Yeah. When was the last time you went on a, an adventure, grown up? Who's complaining? You just sit around. All day watching your fucking Netflix streaming. Sure. You know what I mean? These fucking yeah. children. What's great about a 12-year-old is that they're old enough that they are capable of doing some shit. Yeah. They they can be by themselves. Yeah. They can have a dying. pocket knife. You yeah. know what I mean? Sure. But they're not so old that they no longer have dreams. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like around 14, you get to high school, you're like, oh, this is what fucking yeah. life is. You get very cynical. Yeah, and then you're just like, well, you know very. what? Fuck it. I'm just going to listen. I'm just going to listen to sad music on my headphones and yeah. uh, shut myself off from the world. But when you're 12, you you are both capable of and interested in making a sweet ass fort. Sure. And yeah, and definitely, I think it yeah it goes along perfectly with skateboarding in that like it's always really fun when you know you're using something for something it wasn't intended to be used yeah. for. Yeah, because then you're fucking living on your terms. Sure, exactly. Yeah, that's always really impressive. Sticking if you want to the man, if you want to use if you want to use that public bench as a place to j- jump two inches in the air and <laughs> hit some part of your skateboard on something sure. and then go back down into regular skateboarding. I learned that from Tony Hawk. That's a, one of my favorite. Is moves. that one of his sweetest yeah. moves? That's probably his most famous move. Is where he jumps two inches in the air, puts the metal part of his skateboard on some bullshit, and then just comes back down and doesn't fall over. That sounds amazing. Sure, it's a really high-scoring move in Tony Hawk Pro Skater Three. <laughs> oh, totally. And if you can string that if you with can a few combo other that for two, a couple, couple other ollies, two inches, yeah, yeah, that's impressive. If you can combine that with a grind on a rail, mm-hmm. I mean, if you can just grind on a rail. Just grind a rail, man. Sure. Do you have to stand on the skateboard for that to count, or could you just uh, 
Oh, absolutely not. No, right. I don't. I do not. Now again, are we talking I am about the scoring skateboarding first? Tony's Hawk Pro Skater Three. I am not an expert in skateboarding, you guys, and I want to make that clear. Mm-hmm. However, I'm pretty sure that it's about which different things you touch with the skateboard without falling over. So it's irrelevant whether you're on the skateboard. That you could go through a really great skateboarding move is if you go into like TJ Maxx or. Sure. Um, Marshalls, Marshalls, Ross, Ross, Ross. You take your skateboard and you just run down the aisle, down all the clothes, because you get a thousand points for each clothing that you touch your skateboard to without falling over. Yeah, basically, you do that once and you have a Red Bull sponsorship. Yeah, that's the X Games. That's the whole X Games is just people just going ape shit in a Ross. Mm-hmm. That sounds easy. Well, and Maybe the I'm best more sporty than I thought. And the best part is the values. Oh, I mean, absolutely. I mean, you know, it, those are designer brands. Yeah, those exactly. are designer labels. When you talk about designer brands at prices you can afford, <laughs> and you talk about extreme sports, you can combine them in Ross flipping, which is what it's called. It's called Ross flipping. <laughs> sure. Oh. If you get involved, oh, you're thinking in... of house flipping. That's what vanillaized. <laughs> no, that's where they do it in in the homeware section. Okay. Oh, right, right, right. <laughs> Well, we've explained skateboarding for you, and now we'll be back in just a second on Jordan Jesse Go. Jordan Jesse Go, I'm Jesse Thorne, America's Radio Sweetheart. Jordan Morris, Boy Detective. Helen Zaltzman, Spy. <laughs> oh, oh shit! No! This whole time? Oh, no! You've been a mole this whole oh, time? No! Oh, fuck. I'm I swear to-, to God, if you go blabbing what goes on here to Nerdist. I've got a pen gun. <laughs> Do not cross me. <laughs> so I'll just go back to Russia and report on what I found. Not with that microfiche, you won't. <laughs> no. Sam, why didn't I just uh, use proper files, not microfiche? <laughs> why do I have to stick well, with the old Well, it's got a kind of, it's got a retro classic charm. I'm yeah. not really a retromaniac. It's not like my, <laughs> my phone looks old but is new. My phone is, act- well, it is actually old because my husband bought it on eBay. It's one of those transparent ones with colourful wires in it. No, that's fine. Oh. Yeah, but it's not a modern reproduction phone that actually works well. That is, I would go on eBay to buy one of those yeah. ones with the transparent, with the colorful wires. That would be, wires, wires that'd be funny if there was like a spy who was like the spy equivalent of the guy, you know, in the bow tie and suspenders muddling things into a cocktail. It's like, listen, I still like microfilm. Hey, I've got uh, 400 sheets of paper shoved up my rectum. I know we could do this with drones. He's like, but... listen, just teletype it to me. <laughs> right. Teletype it to me. I have to sort through my fake mustaches. I do not have an email. Send it via teletype. <laughs> Apropos of fake mustaches, why are they popular? Internationally, it's here in Britain, there are mustaches on everything. Are there? That is a rubbish it's, Yeah, brand. it's exhausting. Oh. Wait, and just on people? On, like, m- cups, pencils, oh, right. notepaper, yeah, yeah. T-shirts? Yes. Yeah, that's dumb. Yeah, it's very dumb. (laughs) That's why Jesse had to get rid of his moustache, because he didn't want to be seen to be following the trend. Sure. Yeah, Yeah, definitely. The the people I feel the worst for are the index finger moustache tattoo people. I mean, They're never going to regret that. (laughs) Or any other tattoo on their index finger. Yeah, you might as well have the uh, lyrics to Ice Ice Baby tattooed on you. (laughs) Let me show you my back. (laughs) Oh, Helen, I'm sorry. You might as well have one of Vanilla Ice's 
uh, signature chandeliers tattooed on you. <laughs> Has he got right. a chandelier company He's got a now. line of chandeliers. Look, we got to wrap this thing up. Sure. I've got to launch my line of chandeliers. Helen Zaltzman is from the delightful podcast, Answer Me This. Find it in your iTunes. I really enjoyed it. Really sincerely is one of my favorite shows. Thank it's really much, great Jesse. to have you here. It's, it's a delight to be here. AnswerMeThisPodcast.com if you don't care for iTunes because there's something wrong with you. Yeah, or just type it into the internet, Answer Me This. It's a fun, it's a fun show, Jordan, where they get questions from the audience, both sort of advicey questions and knowledge questions, yeah. and they explain things. What's so, a good example of something you've explained recently? Oh. We don't have to explain it because we'll leave that for the podcast. Right. Well, we get, a lot, we get asked a lot about the origins of phrases and stuff. Uh, what have we explained? We explained why brides throw bouquets. Yeah. See, this is the kind of information you need to know. Yeah, because you're often at a wedding just thinking, why? Why are they doing that? Everything else makes sense, but why that? <laughs> then needless to say, you also get emails from people who are concerned they're trapped in the friend zone. A lot of friend zoning and... Um, I know this from the McElroy brothers. That constitutes 75% of all advice questions in the world yeah. right. is just people concerned they're, they've been trapped in the friend zone. Yeah, if you're concerned, then you probably have been. And, and was, by people, I mean... 21-year-old nerdy guys. Well, sure. ours is 14-year-olds. They start oh. early in Britain. Yeah. <laughs> they get started. Yeah, I think, I think it's a sluttier begins. nation. Yeah, yeah it, it is. It really I think is. For, I think I, I will, I'll confirm that I think friend zone issues start at around 13 and continue uh, yeah. until death. It's because girls are cruel and also they develop faster than boys. So I think a 13-year-old boy is more likely to get friend zoned. By the sure. time the boy is 17, he's got a really nice set of jugs. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or a skateboard. Yeah. What <laughs> are the to two? To make up for it. Um, hey, everybody, come on the boat party, boatparty.biz. We're looking forward to the Max Fun Drive at the beginning of April. We'll have special guests and all kinds of cool stuff. So if you're not already a supporter of the show, we'll make it worth your while, I promise. Uh, we'll talk to you. Oh, Lindsay Pavlis on the boards this week, in addition to Brian Fernandez, our um, our editor and producer. Our theme music, Love You, by The Free Design, courtesy of The Free Design and Light in the Attic Records. Thanks to them for that. You should go buy, go buy a Free Design album. They're, it's beautiful, wonderful music. Um, we'll talk to you next time on Jordan, Jesse, Go. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.